longtime director of music and programming, John Pittman, at All Classical Radio. Today, I'm speaking with violinist Randall Goosby about his second release on the DECA label with the violin concertos of Florence Price and Max Bruch. And with your new recording, you're collaborating with one of the top conductors in the world, Yannick Nézé-Sagan. Um, why don't we lead with just talking about what that that process was like for you or that experience with the uh, with the maestro? Well, it was incredible. I mean, it was such a such a joyful occasion, you know, getting a chance to be together with with an all star cast, uh, Yannick and Philly. Obviously, I mean, they they've got such a wonderful rapport and and a sense of trust for each other, and I could feel that uh, as this sort of <laughs> outsider coming in for these recordings. Uh, but Yannick is incredible. I mean, the energy and the sort of the just honest passion and love he has for the music just I mean it comes through so clearly and so effortlessly uh, and it makes it certainly made the rehearsal process and absolutely the performing uh, that much easier and just more comfortable I mean you could sense that everyone was sort of just on the same page and that doesn't always happen so it's it's something to uh, it's it's definitely not something to take take advantage of um, on top of that, of course, Yannick and Philly are, are you know, quite experienced at this point in uh, in Price's sort of musical world and her language. You know, they've won a Grammy for the recording of a couple of her symphonies. And um, as he put it, right before I walked on stage for the first of four concerts that were live recorded for this album, he said, let's win another one. <laughs> and it could well happen. Um... <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> now, you, you, Randall, you called yourself an outsider coming into the Philly at the first, but did you feel that way at the end? No, definitely not. And I mean, an outsider, just in the sense of this, this, you know, this tiny musical bubble that is the stage at the Kimmel Center. Uh, I actually grew up for just a few years, uh, just outside of Philly and King of Prussia. Uh, both of my younger siblings were born there, so it was a bit of a homecoming uh, going back to Philly and, and making my debut there at the Kimmel Center. Um, but, you know, this wasn't our first go-around. We had had one chance, uh, sort of a, a one-off concert, Yannick, Philly, and I at the Saratoga Festival last summer. Uh, so that was sort of our, that was, I guess, our rehearsal, <laughs> if you want to call it that, for the Brook portion of the album. Now, I've, I've interviewed lots of violinists over the years, and every few years, there's the chance to do the Mendelssohn or the Brook. And mm -hmm. when I started out in broadcasting here, there was kind of a radio or, or record standard, which was the Mendelssohn was on one side and the Brook was on the other side. But mm -hmm. uh, you, you are now counting among a number of 
younger violinists of the last couple generations now who are breaking that that mold and thank goodness um and so now most recently by you and you're bringing in both the concerto number one and that second one which is shorter and and more concentrated in its in its structure certainly yeah this is um it was a unique opportunity, I think. Uh, really, the, the bruch was the decision to be made as far as what would be paired with the price. Um, the, the Florence Price Concerti were obviously the sort of centerpiece uh, of the album. And I think it's really interesting in one disc to be able to get a sense of growth and evolution in a composer. Uh, you can hear that Florence Price and the first concerto, obviously modeled very closely after the Tchaikovsky concerto, uh, was sort of testing things out, you know, kind of testing the waters and uh, doing so beautifully and very, um, very uniquely and personally. But I think by the time she got around to the second concerto, I mean, she she knew exactly what she wanted to do. And uh, as you mentioned, it's a much more compact form. Uh, it's basically, a, it's almost a tone poem, something like a chanson poem. It's, it's a longer form, one movement work. Um, that to me in some ways is a little bit more sort of cohesive from beginning to end than the first concerto. Uh, I think there's there's a, a little bit more of an accessible sort of, you know, first and second theme relationship, if you will, in the second concerto. And I think that sort of lush, you know, American songbook, very soulful singing quality uh, finds its way into the second concerto perhaps a little bit more um, a little bit more often uh, than than it did in the first concerto. So it was really cool to have a chance to dive into these and kind of explore these works with uh, with incredibly enthusiastic and dedicated collaborators in Yannick and, and the Philly Orchestra. find myself loving Florence Price's music more and more and I'm so glad that so many artists are taking up her music whether it's solo pianists taking on the piano repertoire or string quartets like the um, Catalyst Quartet I think it is Catalyst um, doing some remarkable recordings and uh, and then the concertos um, and the symphonies you know uh, Yannick and the Philly mm-hmm. and, and the others um, her her star is in the ascendant clearly um, among and and an awareness and appreciation I think not just for folks like me um, but also for audiences as well. Absolutely, yeah. I think there's no better time for this kind of resurgence, and uh, you know, as you just made clear, I mean, there's room for all of it. There's room for the chamber music. There's room for the concerti, the symphonies. Um, so, you know, I think it's a, it's it's a really really exciting time in classical music because there are so many other composers out there with untold stories, just like Florence Price. And uh, as I said uh, in a number of in a number of sort of interviews and publications after the Roots release. This was, you know, I still feel as if I'm taking the first steps into this sort of, you know, unknown world that that we've been sort of just living on top of in classical music. You know, as you mentioned, Brooke and Mendelssohn and those sorts of very traditional, very Eurocentric combinations, you know, there there was a time and a place for that. And I think that that's, that's kind of come and gone. Um, that's not to say that 
that music is, you know, should just fall off the face of the earth. I mean, part of the reason I put Brooke on this album was because Brooke is one of the, you know, music like Brooke, uh, but specifically the Brooke Concerto is one of the, you know, one of the reasons I fell in love with music, one of the reasons I fell in love with playing violin. And so it's not that these composers obviously will ever go away or, or be less appreciated, but I think it's now time to look at them in a different light and look at them through the lens of other composers who may have been influenced by them or who may have completely different influences. Um, and I think it can really serve to broaden our horizons and, 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 and expand the way we look at and think about music. Yeah, yeah. just within the scope of your recording, uh, having Brooke and Florence Price... Um, on the same place, kind of give us just a little bit wider view, a wider, wider, uh, like a Panavision film or something. You know, we can see a little bit more. We can hear a little bit more of, uh, of this uh, world of music. Definitely. I'm John Pittman here at All Classical Radio talking with Randall Goosby about his newest recording, Violin Concertos by Max Bruch and Florence Price. So, you, scrolling back just a little bit, you've known the Brook since you were a kid. What was that like, if you can, you know, look back, um, tackling that piece for the first time? What were some of the things that maybe your teacher kind of gave you as uh, mile markers as you went through a 25-minute concerto? Do you, you recall uh, those first <laughs> feelings or experiences? This feels like a little bit of a setup. No, no, it's not. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. It's because I've got a very funny story about the Brook Concerto and that first open G that begins the whole piece. Um, when I picked up the concerto for the first time uh, and really seriously, you know, took it took it apart, studied it, put it back together, uh, that was with the great violinist Philippe Quint, who's still a very active performer and violin soloist. Um, former Juilliard student and uh, student of Dorothy DeLay. So, you know, wonderful, wonderful teacher. And I, I had, you know, some really incredible uh, times with him and revelations. And that open G of the Brook Concerto was one of them. I remember one one day, um, and I guess to provide some context, I was kind of in between middle school and high school, kind of 12, 13 years old at this point. My mother uh, and I were flying once a month from Memphis, Tennessee to New York City to have lessons with Philippe. And so, you know, it takes a lot for us to, you know, actually get to be in the same room together. And so we do, and I'm there, I'm ready to go, ready to work. And we start the lesson with that open G, and I look up two hours later, and we're still talking about the open G. Mm. And I'm like, uh, I mean, it's it's a the note lasts like three seconds like what are we doing here and I think that was that was Philippe just kind of you know giving me a real good hard taste of really just how much there is to play around with and how much room there is to really express something in exactly the way you want to express it I mean we looked at every inch of the bow every you know subdivision of that open G and how to get into it how to get out of it how the the orchestra's introduction influences it and um, that sort of set the tone for the way that I the way that I studied this piece and for that reason I think I you know I, I'd like to think I know it pretty well um, even before I studied it I mean I, I had 
probably three, four, five different recordings just in my head. And so uh, to have the opportunity to give it new life and, and um, you know, a new take on it with Yannick and Philly uh, was was really gratifying. And I think the, the, the final product definitely has a, a freshness to it that, uh, you know, may not have been in some of my recent performances. Randall, uh, it's it's just so wonderful to have this uh, new recording to be able to share with our listeners here in Portland, Oregon, uh, with all classical radio, and uh, to have this um, uh, take on both a piece that you've had since you were a kid or a teenager, and then the Florence Price pieces. Uh, it's so wonderful to have have these new performances of these as well, and and I haven't touched on um, you. You've got adoration, which I know you had on on roots or you had had released that uh before Mm -hmm. um now it says arranged by jim gray is there something different about this one this one is was arranged especially for the famous philly strings uh it's a string orchestra arrangement of adoration and uh i thought it would be a nice sort of connector between between roots and the second album and knowing that this arrangement exists uh, it would have just, we, we couldn't have left that on the table. You know, the, the, the opportunity to play such, what, what's already such a beautifully expressive and lyrical piece uh, with the string section of the Philly Orchestra, which is <laughs> which is the embodiment of such, you know, such textures and such sounds. So it was really, really fun. We played it as an encore in these live recorded um, concerts. And, uh, you know, I think that that energy exchange between myself and Yannick and the strings and the audience, you know, I think that current of energy sort of finds its way into this recording, uh, specifically for the price works. So it was just a just a wonderful experience, and hopefully we have a chance to do something like it again, but I'm sure that we won't be able to replicate it quite exactly. Mm, mm. Well, each each approach, each time you approach it, there's going to be something a little different, right? That's right. That's the fun of it. Okay, Randall, well, thank you again so much uh, for your time today. Uh, Wonderful to talk with you again. And uh, when the third album comes out, hopefully we'll have an opportunity uh, to speak again. All right. Hopefully I get to make a trip out to Portland and see you in person before then. Oh, that would be great, too. (laughs) I'll keep my schedule (laughs) clear. Thanks so much for your time, John. Yeah, all right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. 